Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, Monroe Live podcast. And I'm here with uh, Doug Demir. And um, I am delighted, uh, delighted to have Doug here. I, uh, I've known about him forever. I guess uh, everybody else has as well. You got about, what, 8 million people that, uh, that watch you uh, on a daily basis. And um, anyways, Doug, welcome. Welcome here to uh, Monroe Live. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being on it. It's great. Oh, I think it's going to be wonderful, actually. So, I I uh, I guess the the first thing I'd like to maybe get into is um, how how did you manage to go go from a YouTube star to uh, to um, running? It's got to be one of the biggest uh, um, online car purchasing uh, uh, systems on, on the planet. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, you know, it's an interesting thing. That's, that's a great question. And, and um, it's a, I tell all of my YouTube colleagues the exact same thing, which is um, if you're doing YouTube, you never quite know when it's going to end and you never quite know when it's not going to, when it's going to stop working. And so it's important to kind of start your own thing and, and start your own uh, where you can be a little bit more, you have a little bit more control over the audience and of, of what they do and what they see as opposed to the YouTube algorithm, which, you know, ooh, you know, you never really know what's going to happen there. And so um, it was important to me to start a business and it seemed like there was some, some space to do that here. And, and so about three years, three years ago tomorrow, actually, we launched oh, it. Oh, wow. And yeah, happy birthday to Cars and yeah. Bids. And it's been a, it's, crazy. I mean, of course, you know, we launched it right at the height of COVID in early 2020 in June of 20. And we thought that it was going to fail right away. And of course, what actually happened is, you know, we launched into like the greatest car market in the history of the automobile. Over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. yeah. De definitely the used car market. That's for damn sure, man. Whew. Right, 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 right. Wow. Well, actually, I was looking at, you know, just doing a little research and um, and you uh, you have several of uh, several cars that um, I'd love to have. Um, most of them I couldn't possibly afford, but one of them, I couldn't believe it. It's uh, a 1991 or something like that Bentley. And I worked on that car. I worked on the, the design of that car. I was shocked. It was only 2,200 bucks. I, uh, I may have to ask my wife about it. Yeah, yeah. Let me see which one. Hang on, sorry. It's about mid. Yes, yeah, twenty two hundred bucks now. But I mean, the thing about those auctions is all the bids really come in on the last ah. day. So I suspect it's going to end up a lot. Ah, well, there you go. I was thinking it for twenty two hundred dollars, <gasps> honey. Please, please. <laughs> uh. Yeah, actually, at that price, I've, I've I've noticed quite a few people are buying um, older cars that maybe got a wrecked engine or, you know, maybe the uh, suspension is still in good shape but mm, the guts are gone. And are turning them into uh, and turning them into electric vehicles, and um, that yeah. must be. Uh, is that anything that that you've seen as well on your? Not at the level that I thought we'd be seeing it. Um, I assumed I, I agree with you. It's starting to happen, and I but I assumed it would happen more, um, and I think it will happen more. 
But I, I kind of thought there would already be some big industries like, let's do this. Let's turn these old cars into electric cars. And it hasn't really happened as much as I want. I, I personally really would love to do it. I have an old Land Rover that I love, but it's like the, the least reliable piece of crap <laughs> you'll ever possibly <laughs> Actually, I want to talk to you about that too. <laughs> yeah. I think doing a, an electric swap in that car would would be cool, right? Like that yeah. would that would add. I would still be able to enjoy it, but that would add a a, a reliability, yeah. frankly. Um, and and for some of those cars, you know, like old Corvettes, you want to hear the engine, whatever. But there's a lot of them where Volkswagen buses and old Land Rovers, yeah. where it's not like the engine is really like a component of the experience, and it would be better uh, electric swap. So I'm sure that's coming. Well, I tell you, when I was at the um electrify expo in uh, uh, long beach um <clears throat> they some guys there had taken a uh, corvair and uh, and turned it into an electric car and they really didn't change much and i i had uh there was some lady with me i can't remember her name but anyways uh she had come to the booth and whatnot and she just wanted to hang around and see what i saw so anyways i went over and i says let me show you something this this car right here has not been modified. No one has, uh, you know, tuned it up. And I said, look at these gaps. Look at how mismatched everything is. Look at this. Look at that. What a, I mean, a, a car that came from that era, what, the, the, the 60s and, and early 70s. Wow, what a crock you were getting when you, uh, when you, when you yeah. bought a car in those days. I mean, it was nothing but. Yeah, I, I think that's totally reasonable. I think about that a lot, that like every time I get into a 90s car at night and I turn on the headlights, I think to myself, I can't believe we put up yeah. with this crap. Like we can yeah. some of the things that were considered to be cutting edge, like the panel gaps in the 60s and the headlights in the 90s. You get into these cars now and you're just like, really? This was, yeah. we thought this was yeah, good? Exactly. <laughs> what, were we, what were we smoking? What were we drinking? What, do I, somebody fall down and hit their head or something? No, I'm... Right. But I guess it just sort of is how it works. You know, like time marches on. And by modern standards, it's so hard to look back at some of these cars and yeah. and not just think to yourself, like, what the hell? But that's that's how yeah. it was. Well, Evolution I, of believe it or not, live through it. I can tell you for sure that uh, what they used to say it, when you bought it, when you brought your car back because a wheel fell off. Well, you know, they're cranking these cars out at every 60 seconds. What do you expect? A couple of little flaws here and there? Suck it up. You know, that kind of stuff. And and you did. You, you just bought into it. Right. So, right. Uh, I mean, the, the, great, the great proof of that is the fact that all these older cars had five-digit odometers, right? <laughs> there was no concept that <laughs> yeah. you were ever going to be able to 100,000? That That's not going to happen. <laughs> well, there was two reasons for that. One, if you did manage to go over 100,000, you could lie to your friend. In fact, I can remember I can remember taking, uh, uh, watching guys undo the uh, Speedo because it was mechanical. Undo the speedo cable and uh, and shove a uh, uh, like a electric drill in there and run the run the stuff backwards. So you know what they did? <laughs> they put a scraper on the inside uh, of the uh, of the odometer. They put a, a scraper in there, and if you did turn it backwards, it it would scrape off all the numbers. So that you know everybody caught on to that in a hurry. Then what they do is they take the speedo out, put a new one in, spin it forward because you don't have any problems. And when you got to about I don't know thirty thousand miles, hey, pedal out, baby. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, right. and no one would notice the fact that there's huge black smoke coming out of the back end, and it smells like a like a forest, or actually more like an oil well uh, rig. Yeah, it just it yeah. was. Uh, it is interesting. That is another thing that we put up with. I mean, up until very recently, mechanical odometers, but Carfax started to put a stop to that, and then now, of course, all cars yeah. have electronic. Yeah you know, but it would be too hard to do it, except probably their software. You probably could do it with I'm some software, that, but uh, with yeah. it's not really. Well, possible. I don't know. Anytime, anytime somebody says software, you know, is impossible, uh, then boom, there's somebody can go and do it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. But that's hey, true. you know what? Um, you brought up, uh, you brought, you brought up your defender. I, I have got to tell you, I looked when I saw you had a defender, I wanted to buy one, a 97 as well. And because uh, we were working with uh, with uh, Rover, we were working with BMW. BMW owned uh, Rover, and our job was to shine them up, <laughs> sell them, sell them as quickly as possible to whoever would buy that stuff. So, um, so we had um, we had uh, the Range Rover, the Disco, and and the uh, and the uh, uh, Defender to try and see what we could do to help it out. And you know what I wanted to do is I wanted to buy the rolling chassis and I, I would have had to take the engine with it, but the rolling chassis and I was going to bring them to the States and, and I was going to turn it into the judge dread mobile because that was what was underneath, um, uh, underneath. If you, if you saw the movie judge dread, that vehicle that, uh, Sylvester Stallone was driving around, that that was a defender and uh, they just no yeah way. they just put in fact if you go to uh what's the name of that place um uh what's anyway i'll come to me later anyway if you go to where the uh the museum is in in britain it's sitting out there one of them sitting right there it's got a plastic oh, body and whatnot and if you if you're you know bold enough you can go into the mud hole that it's sitting in and uh, and looking, you know, peer in the windows and stuff like that, and you can see where they mounted cameras and crap. It, I'm telling yeah. you, I figured I'd bring that son of a gun back. I put a, uh, basically, I was going to put an exoskeleton kind of a deal on, just like what that car had. Only I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste my time with, uh, like fiberglass would take forever. So, anyways, I put something on top of it, and I wanted to sell that car, uh, the Defender, and and call it the Dreadnought. And, uh, and I'm telling you, I, I thought I had it, I, I thought it had it all swallowed up. I, I talked to, uh, Dr. Reisler, uh, Wolfgang Reisler was a guy who basically hired us and he was the president of, um, uh, he was the president of Rover, but he was, he was also, uh, mm, I'm not sure what is, t I think he was the president of BMW, uh, all I know is that him and Bernd Fischer-Schrieder didn't get on, but anyways, I thought this would be great. And then all of a sudden they started hearing, wow, I don't think that's going to work out. So anyway, they don't want that car in the United States. So, um, so anyways, I didn't do it, but, but I thought. That's so funny. I never knew that thing was the, uh, the defender yeah. or anything, but as I look at it, people have made their own and they put like Land Rover logos yeah. on it and stuff. So I guess that how yeah. funny. Well, it's, it was supposed to terrible be vehicle that uh, had, the, 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 uh, the, the last vehicle that could possibly survive on the planet. When in actuality, I had a, def they gave me uh, two or three, I can't remember, Defenders, or sorry, uh, Discos and, a, and a, a Land Rover. And uh, 
or uh, Range Rover. And uh, the my wife, or she was my girlfriend then, she wouldn't drive with me. She said every time we, every time we went past uh, like uh, you know the um, uh, microwave things for for phones and whatnot, if it was too strong, the car stop. There was a thing called Signal Hill in Britain, and if you drove up there, you were you're going to get stuck, and that's it. Yeah, you could turn the car, push the car in the opposite direction, and you could roll down the hill. Yeah, they were in such bad shape. They had, um, uh, we we had to go, I wasn't part of the team, but we had to come up with good reasons why California would allow, <laughs> would allow the rover vehicles in the, in the country, or in California. They, they wanted them banned because there were so many complaints. I mean, yeah. they just stop. That's it. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, I've had it. It's a terrible car. It's a terrible car. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with it. I don't really want to own it, but it has become this situation where um, my fam, my it's it's this you know it's bright yellow and it has no roof and we use it in the summer on the beach yeah. and so my family has grown obsessed with it and so they they're always like oh we got to keep it, we got to keep it but meanwhile they're not the one <laughs> have to keep it they're running yeah yeah. My wife's always telling me, oh, I have to keep it. I have to keep it. And then and then I find myself in October in bitter cold driving it yeah, to the storage yeah. facility in Rhode Island thinking, oh, wait, what, no, what where is am I thinking? Something's wrong here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, um, I, one thing I will tell you that I did do and I, I had a lot of fun at um, was uh, uh, I took uh, the Camel tro Trophy Racing. I took that course yeah. twice. Um, one time it was in a Defender and the other one was, uh, was in, um, um, a disco, a, D a discovery and man, those, when they're running, oh, they were, they were near Im impossible to stop. Yeah. 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 No, it, that's exactly right. When it's running, mm -hmm. it's a yeah. great call. Yeah. It is a yeah. noise and it's had some, there have been some days, there have been some days. There was, for example, there was the time where the accelerator cable became disconnected from the powertrain and I got under there and I was able to using a keychain I was able to reattach it which of course I'm like then driving around with a keychain keeping my accelerator cable going. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself like this is a horrible thing so so I get home and I go to check it to see like how is the keychain holding up and I pulled the the cord for the hood latch and it snapped <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can't get out of the perfect I'm perfect the only, thing, the only thing keeping me going is a keychain, and I have no idea if it's about to melt and burn the whole car down because I can't even get it. And that is like that was in 2018, and I will never forget that day. And I, God, I hate that car, but it's great. It's it's so much fun. It is just so much fun, and it makes everybody so yeah. happy. And so, well, the thing is, too, it uh, you know, in, in in true British fashion. Um, you have a car like that and you're always mucking. It's the term in England. You're always mucking with it, which means that, you know, you've got something to do, keep you busy, keep you away from the, the pub and, um, and, uh, you know, well, and, and, uh, and the that's wife. That's one of my big things about it. People, people come up to me all the time and they say, Hey, I want one of these. And I want, I tell them like, I don't think you do. Like you only want one of these if you actually want to be messing with it. Like you said, like if you really, if you know what you're doing, yeah, you want yeah. one of these. If you just think it looks cool, you're in for a world of hurt. <laughs> well, some people are masochistic. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> something you got to do what's right. Let them have it. If it was up to you me, I'd say it's for sale. 
I really have this belief that you got to be an enthusiast yeah. because if you're not, if you're just like it because you think it looks cool, then, and this is true of kind of any vintage car. If you just think it looks cool, yeah. you're going to realize quick, driving it and owning it is not like drone, you know, buying a Honda. It's a whole yeah. different thing. Yeah. And you really need to be at an enthusiast. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I, uh, like I said, I, I had a Morgan Supersport, which was mm, far better than, uh, than pretty much anything that came out of England because it was hand built. And those guys really took care to make everything work. <laughs> Plus, to get at the hood, all you had to do is click and you roll it up. <laughs> so it was uh, it was a whole different uh, whole different driving experience as well. But um, I will tell you that uh, the day of my brother's wedding, I get in the car. I'm in my little tuxedo, and it didn't have a key. Um, you went in back of the dashboard, and you, it was made out of wood. And you pushed the button, and that started it. <laughs> I pushed the bu- I pushed the button, and all of a sudden. Whoosh, and there was all this black smoke coming from the uh, from underneath the uh, instrument panel, and I'm going, "Oh my God!" I'm supposed to be at this uh, wedding, and I and my car's on fire. <laughs> but that's the that's the thing about about some of the. And I also had a, uh, uh, a what do you call it um, a 1958 uh, uh, Jaguar 150s type, uh, which was a great car. But again, uh, when you needed it to <laughs> to be your friend, it would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't cooperate. It just didn't happen. Right. You, can never, you can't really count on these cars. No. You can't use them as transportation. Oh, I tried. Especially at this. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's yeah. Not, not a feasible yeah. thing. But you've got quite a few cars that uh, I can't even imagine. I, you know, I, this is a, like, you got a Ford GT and you got that Porsche and the McLaren. I, I can't even imagine. No, I don't, I don't I don't have a McLaren, thankfully, oh, but you. I do have the, uh, the Carrera GT and the Ford yeah. GT. Um, but no, I haven't pursued personally any form of uh, McLaren. That that seems like a recipe for trouble. To be well, perfectly I, honest, I uh, I'll um, tell you, we 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 worked for McLaren on F one uh, for quite a while. If you want trouble, <laughs> deal with Ron Dennis. That's trouble. Holy <laughs> mackerel! The guy is. Uh, I mean, holy! Uh, you you'd have to see it to believe it. He's uh, he's he doesn't like any mess. If there's anything like he would come into my office <laughs> and he'd probably have a heart attack or a stroke right there boom, because uh, he is Uber. He wants, and, and when you left at night, if you had a pen on your desk and he's, and he used to walk around to all the offices, if you had a pen on your desk, you would be getting a nasty gram of uh, uh, no question about it. Yeah, it was, uh, but I'm telling you, the inside of McLaren, have you ever been to McLaren's uh, headquarters? Oh my God, it's like, it's like a, like a, a spaceship landed in the middle of a pond. You, you go, you go downstairs underneath the pond up the other side, and then you're, you're in the most uber modern building imaginable. Everything is, everything is really expensive. Yeah, but. But uh, but the the McLaren car um, we didn't get we were trying to bid for that to get on it from um, uh, most people hire us to to try and make sure that their car is going to be uh, function properly and hit their cost and weight and quality targets. But I I didn't get that job. We didn't get that job. Somebody else uh, uh, outbid us or something. I can't remember because McLaren says well. 
aren't you going to do this for free? But because after all, you know, you'll be able to tell your friends that you worked on a McLaren. And then, oh, and by the way, uh, you can't really tell your friends you worked on a McLaren. Sign this piece of paper here. Yeah. So uh, it was unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. But you, but you do have a, oh, that was the other thing. I saw you selling a Lotus. Man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen uh, you that animated. Uh, and uh, uh, certainly, uh, you must have taken. I didn't. I looked at your uh, your history for education. I didn't see anything about used car salesman. But man, that was <laughs> that was you that know, was a riot. I had to watch it twice. I thought it was great. Good fun. You know, it's funny because I. Um, I owned a, an Elise, a Lotus oh, yeah. Elise years ago. And that video was the very first time that I have been in one since I owned it. And so it was like a return to, uh, I actually bought my Elise in California and drove it all the way back to Georgia where I was living at the time. And that was a horrible experience, obviously. Um, and it, but it was like a nice, it was like a nice return to, uh, you know, to the the world of that I had lived in before. But it, those are, those are fun little cars. If you kind of want to put up with, a very little car, very yeah, stripped yeah. down with not much. Well, uh, again, <laughs> we spent a lot of time working with people and especially in Britain. And so I worked on that car and then the next generation vehicle after that. So the Monza, <laughs> we got, we got fired because we said things like, um, well, wait a minute. What do you mean? What do you mean? We can't drive the car from, uh, like from the, uh, uh, or drag, drag the car. It was, <laughs> being dragged on a trolley uh, from the uh, uh, body shop into the paint shop. It's raining all the time. I, but uh, anyhow, we lost that job too. That is such a British yeah. thing. That is such a British thing. I have, I have friends who work for, <laughs> I have friends who work for landlord who told me, who've told me similar stories that that's exactly the kind of stuff yeah. they did. They would go out, the body would go outside yeah. and it was just like, Oh, my yeah. God. but quality is not, Quality was not the forte and still is not. Well, I, I haven't British. been to Britain for a long time, but almost everything's owned by uh, uh, Indians or, or Chinese yeah. now. So uh, I doubt very much that they're going to really uh, get into the tinkering or mucking around mode. Yeah, That's probably a good thing, given the quality of most of those cars. Well, I, I, uh, I can tell you for sure. Um, like I said, I had the Jaguar, the 150S type. That was a pretty good car. It only like let me down a few times, <laughs> but you expect it, right? So, uh, but anyway, the right. uh, uh, when I was working for Ford, they bought uh, a Jaguar, and um, I was in finance staff at that. I'd moved from manufacturing and engineering into uh, into finance staff, and so uh, at the last minute, they said, "Hey, why don't you?" Uh, why don't you go and see the engine plant? Cause I was an engine engineer. So I went to the engine plant. <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes. The guys were bringing in their own tools. They, it was really, yeah, they, they didn't have, they didn't have any tools and whatnot. So yeah, it was really something. When was, when was this? When was this? Oh, that was in the, uh, 80, I want to say 86 wow. or 87, something like that. Yeah. Long after it shouldn't have been happening anymore. Well, it basically. shouldn't have, but it did. I, I, I was wow. really shocked. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I said, "Run, run your ass off. This is don't buy this." And they did buy. They bought it anyway. Uh, what can you? Mr. Peterson was running the show, and uh, and he liked uh, 
he liked Jaguars. So we wound up with a Jaguar. Uh, they bought a lot of stuff in England. Um, they bought, they bought Aston yeah. Martin for a while too. Yeah. Aston Martin. They had, remember they had Volvo for oh, a yeah, while. Oh yeah, that was, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a, like a bizarre accumulation of all these brands that really didn't make any sense, but they were doing it. Yeah. I'm sure well, they actually, lost money on every one of them. Oh, I'm positive of that. I can guarantee you sinking money into, uh, they, I, they also owned, um, uh, the, uh, Land Rover group and, um, yeah, that, that wasn't, uh, when, when I found that out, you know, we, we had worked uh, real hard to shine them up and, uh, and then I found out that my old alma mater bought them and I'm thinking, these guys are never going to talk to me again. <laughs> can't believe it well who who bought that why did they do these uh i wasn't part of the, that kind of it stuff was, it was, yeah it was such a bizarre time yeah. when, when that was happening and remember general motors bought saab <laughs> and invested heavily in subaru and there were all these bizarre yeah. decisions being made the automakers were trying to consolidate their power in any way they could well they had a lot of money and um uh, and uh they wanted to get into the press i guess because I, I remember you know that was when about the same time with the big merger, merger of equals, uh, Daimler and uh, yep. and uh, and Chrysler, that was yep. a buy completely. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of people right. uh, didn't like that idea at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a huge, huge, huge yeah. deal. Yeah, that's true. I guess all that stuff was happening right around the same time. So it didn't seem as crazy because Chrysler was shacking up with the Germans. And so General Motors had its, you know, Saab and all these other brands. And Ford was like, we got to get in on this. I mean, in retrospect, it was not the worst idea. It gave Ford instant credibility among luxury brands because Mercury and Lincoln didn't have any. And so it was like, okay, well, now they have Rover and they have, you know, Volvo and but it was it's so expensive to do what you need to do to get those things going in the right direction. Well, the only one that and really made sense did. was Aston Martin because all they needed was uh, electronics and and electric everything else was fabulous for them. They they had a I think it was a Cosworth engine in it. Uh, transmission came from I think it came from General Motors. Anyway, um, I got a chance to drive one of those, uh, for a little bit and, uh, man, I love that. Uh, and it, uh, you know, it's James Bond's car. It's, it, you get instant credits right off the bat. So, yeah, but, uh, but there was just tons of, but I, I noticed that on your, um, on your, um, um, uh, uh, cars and bids, is that, yeah, cars and bids, um, uh, you've got a tremendous number of uh, of uh, what I would classify as vintage race cars. Um, is that is that kind of like uh, your uh, is that a focus then for you, or is it just that it could you attracted the right guys? Well, we only sell so we only sell cars from the 1980s and newer. So nothing. There's nothing older on this on cars and bids than uh, the 1980s. Um, so there's generally, you know, some, some eighties, nineties type stuff a lot of the time, but not, not, not anything like that. I think you would consider probably vintage. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, what I looked at, um, looked, uh, kind of, you know, you've got, uh, I think it was, um, uh, oh, it was a GT Ford GT. I could have, oof. Oh, sometimes, you know, you think how stupid could I have been? I could have got one for about 80 grand. Uh, about 10 years ago, and I didn't do it. Uh, they've gone up in price quite a bit. 
So I think it was like almost yep, 300 grand. Yeah. 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 I, um, so I have an 05 GT and I love it more than anything in the world. It's an amazing car, but I bought it, uh, four, five years ago for 225 and I thought I was overpaying. And, um, now they're crazy. They've gotten even crazier since then. Everything has the whole world has gone crazy, but those cars included. So, um, you've got so many cars that people aspire to. What, what car do you aspire to? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of have everything I want. I got this career GT, which is kind of my, my all time dream car that I think the, the greatest Porsche of all time and one of the greatest driver's cars ever made. And I, there's nothing else that I really, really, really want. I really wanted a Ferrari F40, but that uh, those have gotten just way too expensive. Yeah. Those are gone. That's never going to happen, wow. um, which is sad. <laughs> so I, I had a look at uh, I had a look at your um, uh, how much somebody guessed at, at uh, uh, how much you had sold, and uh, it looks like it's like almost 300 million or something like that. Ten percent. You can you can get a Ferrari if you want to. <laughs> Well, so we take we take four and a half percent. That's our our fee. And, yeah, and then um, which is one of the advantages to like a traditional auction, uh, like a, a physical one in person. And then obviously we have some employees, so I have to pay those people. But an F forty, an F forty is now like a three million dollar car. So I think those days are those days are gone. Unfortunately, as much as I wish I could have. You wonder what people do with them. I mean, um, I was just looking at one of my one of my crew here. They. Um, uh, um, he, Carl, he bought a, uh, I can't remember what it was, an old Cadillac, I think in 1971 or something like that Cadillac. And he's going to, re he's restoring it. And, um, and this guy had had it in a barn, but it was under the barn. So the, <laughs> the barn's here. And then he, like I came from a farm and you, if you have a, what do you call them? Uh, dairy cows you have them standing up here and then there's a grid in the floor and they're going to poop. So it goes through the, the grid and the floor and then it goes down into this pit and then you put water in it. And then every once in a while you bring a guy in, he sucks it out and then you spray it all over the field and make all the neighbors go crazy with the smell. But, uh, but that, um, that, um, uh, that car was sitting in the pit and so they had to drag it out. There was like one inch on either side of how the guy got it in is beyond me, but he pulled it out and it's covered in dirt and muck and everything else. I always think it, you know, at the end of the day, some guys, probably an old guy, guy older, maybe even older as me. <laughs> and they buy these things and then, and then stick them in a barn and somebody discovers it 30 years from now and wonders why he put it in a barn. I mean, uh, Right. Yeah. I wonder about that too. I think about that all the time. How did all those cars get there? Why, why did someone just stop using it? If it had value, why not just sell it at the time? You know, it's never made any sense to me, but people do it a lot. It happens all the time. Well, I'm just wondering, do, do people, well, if it's only from the 80, well, even from the, if you was 1980 and you toss it in a barn, it did, it could be kind of dirty by now. So Stuff is already, yeah, 80s cars are becoming barns fi barn finds really? already. There's a lot of that. I mean, 80s has been, what, it's been 40 plus years since, yeah, you know, the beginning yeah. of the 80s. So there's, there's little park stuff and it's sitting, yeah, that mm -hmm. happens. Well, I, uh, I've, I've been looking at, uh, I was given a whole bunch of um, uh, questions and whatnot. We haven't asked one of them, but I don't care because I got another question for you. 
I saw that you, you're an economics major. You, you got a degree in economics and whatnot. And That's so right, yeah. how did you swing into the car deal? Are, are you an enthusiast and you tear them apart and put them back together? Or how did that, how did that happen? Uh, I just always loved cars my entire life. I like really, really, really loved cars. And so, you know, I went, my parents insisted that I go to college, which was of course the right decision. And I got that degree, but I really wanted to go and work in cars. So as soon as I finished the degree, uh, I went to work for Porsche. Their corporate headquarters was in Atlanta, which is where I went to school. And that's kind of started it off. And I've basically done everything. I've worked at dealerships and I've worked for corporate. And now I've been on like the journalism side and the entertainment side. And um, now we're selling them again on the site on cars and bids. So it's been kind of like a, I've done it all in the car world. Oh, basically. Cool. What about what about um, like I say, uh, becoming your own mechanic or doing a restoration on a car? Have you ever tried anything like that? No, largely because it, the in my current life situation, operating a giant YouTube channel and the cars and bids. The, realistically, I don't have time, but my goal, my dream is that in a 10 year, 15 year time span, that that's kind of all I do, that I just kind of sit at home and kind of tinker with my, you know, bizarre vehicles and, and not have to not, not don't go on YouTube at all and just kind of sit there and do what I want so you, to do. So <laughs> you're, you're, you're shooting for Jay Leno's position. Is that it? <laughs> I guess so. I guess yeah, I so. actually, that is one I of the questions. Apparently you were on Jay, Jay Leno's show. How, how did that go? I, how was that? Yeah, I've met Jay a few times. I've been on his show. I, I, I've reviewed one of his cars, and then I've been on his show a couple, three or four times maybe, and he's great. Um, he um, He's he's a cool dude to hang out with, and he's a big car enthusiast, and obviously. <laughs> but he's also like a legitimate car enthusiast. Like, he he will talk to you about cars and, like, have the conversations that, like, car people have. And, like, that's he's not, like, putting it on. Um, and so it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Now that I've gotten to know him, like we've done this three, four times together. We like, it's not like, Hey, so where are you from? You know, like we are literally like having the real kind of car conversations and it's kind of neat. Well, uh, um, uh, we were supposed to do something with Jay during the COVID thing and, uh, that collapsed. I don't know exactly how it happened, but, um, there was union issues. Apparently there's a lot of stuff that goes on that, uh, he's, kind of restricted in so uh, we didn't we never got it um but uh but i'd love to walk just walk through his his barn or whatever oh, that, yeah. that that collection he's got is yeah, huge. No, he me, it's huge it's amazing he took me through it it's um quite something to walk around and, and see it all and there's the mclaren f1 you know sitting up there in the front just like oh my god and all the Countachas and Miras and then all these vintage cars that nobody's ever heard of from the 20s, you know, that brands that went out of business after two years. But it's, there's something special about it that's meaningful to Jay. And you go, it's quite something. It really it really is quite a uh, quite a group of, of vehicles. Motorcycles yeah, he, too. he's got, well, doesn't he have bicycles as well? He's got a tremendous amount of uh, breadth. Everything that he could find. He's got, he's got literal full-time employees sitting there like working on this stuff. So everything he's... Everything he wants, he's got. It's a cool setup. Yeah, it's great. So, okay, so let me go back and uh, and ask that question again. You walk through Jay Leno's garage and you see all these cars. Did one stick out? I mean, it's it's impossible not to say that the McLaren F1 is the car that everybody looks at and dreams about and all that because that car has become such a legend. Um Jay has two cars that I also have, the Carrera GT and the Ford GT. And so it's always nice to like get that validation from Jay. But 
Um, it's also, you know, he's got, uh, I'm, a, I'm becoming more of a vintage Lambo fan and he's got the Mura and the Kunta, which are really special cars to see. Um, it's just, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing range of collection. Like everything from like the brand new Ford GT that just came out and McLaren P1, which are new cars to like steam powered stuff from the, you know, old fire trucks from the 1800s. I mean, it's like, wow, this is really everything. Well, uh, he's, he's got something that I, uh, <clears throat> I really liked. He has one of the, um, was it, um, I think it's either a V16 or a V12 Cadillac. Um, it was a doctor's car. Yeah. So, um, it's got two seats and a rumble seat. And, uh, man, I, <laughs> That to me is just absolutely, I don't even know how you'd see to drive because the damn hood is like 30 feet long. Oh, yeah. just, you need, uh, you need <clears throat> binoculars to see the hood ornament. Yeah. He's got a couple cars like that, like very vintage, like luxury, you know, in their time yeah. you would buy a, you would buy a chassis and a powertrain and then you'd get a coach builder yeah. to make, and he's got a couple cars like that that are just these massive things that are laughable yeah. by modern yeah. standards, but just, incredibly cool and you know back in that era luxury was defined as the craftsmanship rather these days luxury is all about the technology or whatever but the craftsmanship on those cars the brass yeah. and the polished metals and really amazing well i've seen a couple of uh, restoration jobs <clears throat> before and after and when you see the after uh especially when it comes to the upholstery and whatnot this <laughs> the original has got all this hand stitching i mean like uh, so, so there's like roses stitched in and how they do all this stuff is beyond me. How much it must've cost, how long did it take? I mean, you, you, you might wait a year to get, to, to get the upholstery done with all of this stuff. Yeah, probably, probably. I think that's yeah. exactly what it was. But again, like that was what luxury was like these days, you, you know, you get into a car and it's like, Oh, it's a luxury car because it has a big screen <laughs> back then. It was like, look yeah. at this like hand hand woven yeah. seat like that. It was how you would, would brag to yeah, your friends. Yeah. You know? A lot of them looked like they were made like carpets because when you said woven, that, that may just be it. I mean, maybe they had somebody on a loom, uh, uh cranking these things out. Probably, yeah. probably. So let me ask these questions that I was given here. Um, Oh, there is one here that I, I wanted to ask and, uh, and everybody else wrote the same thing down. The Doug store, how, how did you, how do you, how do you create the, the, uh, the, uh, the Doug score? So, yeah. So you know, is it's, it a it's, numeric it's a, thing I, or? Yeah, it's out of a hundred. So there's 10 categories and you can get one out of 10 for each possible category. And there's like weekend categories and daily categories, so like, you know, fun versus like, you know, uh, usable. And it just sort of hit me at one point that I needed something to help get people to watch the entire video because they would watch my early part where I talked through all the little quirks of the car and then they would turn off and not really watch when I drove and they would, there would be attrition. And so I, I score them at the end and it became very popular. Now there's a lot of people who are really into it. And um, the cool thing about it is I've now reviewed so many cars that you can do pretty good, like thorough comparisons. And so the Doug score really allows you to kind of see like where a car actually stacks up against other similar cars I've reviewed, because at this point I've reviewed most of them. And so it's like actually useful. Information. So I was wondering, is there some, uh, some method to the, to the scoring or is it kind of your intuition or how does that work? 
Yeah, it's, some of them are objective. Like acceleration score is based on the zero to sixty time. The the practicality score is based on the the number of seats and the cargo capacity, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, some of it is like my handling score is based on how I actually feel the car handles. You know, that sort of thing. Um, that's kind of it's kind of a combination of yeah. both. We have a we have a score. We use it for um, looking at the the cars. It's called an FFQ. It's very similar to the QZ audit that uh, that BMW uses for scoring a car. You know, it's uh, it's an end of line score. It takes us three or four days to do it, but it looks at all the gaps and everything. And I was just wondering if there was something because everything here is math. Uh, there's no right. No, it's not as it's, there's a lot more subjectivity to it in uh, my world. Well. I don't know. I I personally looked at uh, some of the some of the scores that you have with cars that I've actually driven in. Uh, they're, as far as I'm concerned, that's why I wanted to know. Maybe he's got some trick here that <clears throat> make it so that I <laughs> I can do it as accurate as him. So um, let's see. Oh yeah, and then uh, I've got the one. I'm not sure if we even asked this question already, but. Monroe, uh, I mean, we're in the business of engineering and designing and whatever cars. <clears throat> and then we went into YouTube because we were going to go broke if we didn't. We had nothing to do. So, uh, uh, but in your case, you went in the opposite direction. You went from YouTube and into the car industry. What prompted that? How did you, how did you come up with that? I, there was just, I, there were a lot of, there were a lot of factors, but I mean, I think that I really think that the biggest one was that I, I was worried that, you know, I didn't want to completely be beholden to YouTube for all my success for the rest of my life. And so it was important to me to do, um, you know, to, to try to branch out and create a business where there was more, there was, I had more control over it, but also that I could like finally have something for my audience to like do and buy as opposed to just watching my videos where, you know, eventually they'll probably find somebody else somebody better or something different. And so that was that that was kind of the impetus for it. It was like, what can I do to take my audience that is so huge and like go do something different with them that's off this platform? So so I, I noticed that you you've got a, a young son, right? About four or five years yeah. old or something. So he's, he's two he's what? yeah. He's, he's only, only two. two. He's oh only wow. Two, yeah. so even younger. Wow. I, I was going to ask what plans you've got for him, but maybe maybe you have to wait until he's three. <laughs> he loves cars. I've never seen anything like it. He, he loves cars, and he can identify all the cars oh, wow. already. I'm not trying to teach him. I, I don't want to be one of those parents who like pushes their thing on their kid. You know, like they're going to play football, son. You know, I didn't want to do that, so I've kind of held back. But I, growing up in this house, there was no way he couldn't. There's cars everywhere and all that, and so. Um, he can identify. He's 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 a year and, and eight months old, right? And he can identify. We're walking on the street, Mercedes, Mercedes, Volvo, Volvo, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! He, but but the funny thing is, he can't. He doesn't know colors, right? He can't. I can't teach him colors, so he doesn't know blue, right? He doesn't. He has no clue. I, I I've tried and tried. I can't teach him blue, but he knows Chevy. Ah, he can good. say Chevy, Chevy, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. That's amazing. <laughs> this is not what I was. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. I love that. That's great. He's got a bright picture in the car yeah. world, I guess. No, I, th I think that's. Uh, I think. Well, the reason I'm asking is because I've uh, I've got two uh, grandchildren now. One a little too young. She was born in December, and then a four year old that. Uh, uh, my wife is Polish, and Jiki uh, Oleta means like wild monkey or whatever, and <laughs> that's him. 
So uh, I uh, I always like hearing stories about uh, about kids that are well kids in general. Uh, uh, so I was just wondering how your your son is taking, but it, you know, chip off the old block or something. I'm sure. Apparently, sure. apparently, I I guess I I I had all these Hot Wheels cars just kind of sitting around. I don't know why. And so he found them one day, and then it became. Then he wouldn't let us not car box, car oh, box, yeah. car box. He would yell yeah. at us. And so we, then we had to give him the car box, and now he just, he took them all out of the boxes, which is fine. I didn't really care. But now he's just all he does is play cars, play cars, dad, 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 <laughs> yeah. play cars. Yeah. Well, you know what? Those those little matchbox things. I remember those stepping on them in the middle of the night <laughs> in bare feet. <laughs> I'm telling you what. <laughs> that's when you say exactly- that car box. Half of it's going right now. <laughs> That is exactly yeah. the situation. Every time I go up to bed, I think to myself, I better clean this crap up because I'm gonna, I know I'm going to step. Or, you know, you push it to the side yeah. of the room because I know I'm going to step on this thing and it's not going to be good. At all. Well, so <laughs> the big question is, has your wife got a sense of humor when it comes to this stuff? Because, you know, I feel bad for my wife, right? Because so she spends the first year of his life breastfeeding and, yeah. she, you know, she's holding him. And I'm running the business at this point. So she's doing a lot of the work. And and now we, we got a big investment in the business. And so I got more time on my hands and I'm just spending a lot more time with my son. And he's suddenly he all he wants to do is play with cars. Yeah. And so she's like trying to think she's quickly trying to yeah. learn. Right. Like what a what a Nissan is and all this stuff, you know, because she never cared. And but meanwhile, he's after she did all this work with him as a little infant. He's now like all he wants to do is hang out with daddy because daddy yeah. knows all the yeah. cars. You know, daddy. Will play yeah. And I feel so bad for my wife. <laughs> I don't think it was it was inevitable. I don't think it was ever going to go yeah, any other way. My guess is yeah. that there's going to be uh, another child in your life. And it better be a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to take those tests or something. Yeah. Right, right. So, um, <clears throat> oh, well, this is another one that I, I kind of wanted to know about as well. So we're entering a new era. And um, I didn't notice any electric vehicles on your list of cars that you own. What do you think of electrification? I I, I think it's the future, and I think the, the next car I own has got to be electric. I um I'm 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 actually it's funny because I'm having conversations literally now with with builders about some changes to my garage to put in an EV charger among a bunch of other stuff. Um, it's definitely the future. I I love a lot of things about electric cars. Um, I think that the the recent crop of electric cars has proven to car enthusiasts who were skeptical for a while that electric cars can be fun and enjoyable and exciting. And I think there was a there was a concern when the Nissan Leaf and the Chevy Volt were the only electric cars, and it was like, you know, is our future just going to be boring hatchbacks that kind of look weird? And the answer is no. Like actually, they're now supercars that are electric, and Teslas, of course, as you know, and and all that. Um, it's a it's I, I think that the, the the there is a fun future of electric cars. Well, I'll tell you, um, I have a Rivian and um, but I don't have Rivian stock. I have to tell you, I don't know why it is. I got to say this shit. All that. But anyway, um, I don't have a Rivian car. We don't, you know, get tips or whatever from. But I will tell you flat. Uh, I've been driving off road since I was 13. I've had Jeeps and pff, nothing nothing can compare nothing. with it with uh, with driving that car off road that car is unbelievable <sighs> yeah. well, 
Unbelievable. And some of the stuff that you worry about when you're off-roading, like snapping an axle, like that's my biggest thing is like snapping some serious component. Like a lot of that stuff, that car just doesn't, You, it's just a simpler it thing. It doesn't exactly. I'm telling you flat. Um, I took that thing over logs. We, we took it out to, uh, what's the name of that place? Oh, okay. Some, some place anyways, but anyways, they have a cement mountain and they have like a literal, uh, they just put concrete over the top of a hill and uh, logs, I don't know, four or five feet in diameter. And man, I couldn't believe that car. I couldn't believe, I've never had anything like it. And none of the guys, Eric's standing right here. <laughs> Do you think I could get those guys to get in a car with me? <laughs> Not a chance. I went down the uh, the three wheel, uh, or sorry, the, uh, the little quad uh, track. Okay, so I had to go down sideways because one tire had to be st stuck on this on this bank and then the other tire could be on the actual track <clears throat> that thing handled so well i couldn't and i had a riot uh my wife looked no it's amazing it's amazing I, I agree i i it's unbelievable and and so there's this fear of like oh will electric cars be fun i mean that car helps to answer it and the fun, the crazy thing about that car is you get off the uh, off-road track and then you can line up next to a 911. Yeah, blow it away. You know, and, yeah. <laughs> that just makes you feel so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like how could we possibly, it does, it literally does everything in a way that we, nothing yeah. can, yeah. or we were told that yeah. nothing could, you know, that you have to compromise here if you're yeah. going to excel here. Well, maybe yeah. you don't. That car I like can do constant it all. Torque. Let's just see if it <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, right. so on, on the way, uh, I had to go to a doctor and uh, my wife took the Rivian in for whatever it needed. And, and I was driving the, uh, the, uh, the Model 3. And I got, I came from the doctor's place and, you know, I'm just trying to merge on. And, uh, and some, I don't, in LA, they have kind of like Detroit type drivers, okay, where guns are pulled out and people are too, too aggressive as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, I just, all I want to do is get on the express. I want to get on to 75. So I'm coming along and, and here's some guy in a, um, uh, a fire, an older firebird. Obviously he thinks it's really hot stuff. So I got my turn signal on and this guy, he sees me coming in, right? And then he, he's matching my speed. Like he's going to run me off the road and I'm going, oh, crap. Click, click. So I took it off of comfort and put it on because everybody's, not everybody's really excited about having it in sport mode. So I put it on to sport mode and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, you know, going, we're going about 80 miles an hour. And this car, I mean, it, it just explodes when you, when you want to make it go. And I look over at him and I, and then I trounce it. And the thing goes from 80 to 110 in like that fast. And then I pull in front of him and this clown. Okay. So I'm only just, I only want to do is get on. I'm not really interested in any kind of stupid shit. Then he, he pulls, he pulls right next to me. He's going back and forth like this. Like, what are you kidding me? I mean, this would be like beating up a child. I, I, I'm not going right. to, I'm not going right. to try and take This is stupid. I that's exactly right. I mean, that, that there's almost nothing that that car yeah. won't be. What's the point of even? You already know. We already know what's going to happen. I feel that way when I drive my Ford GT and like a Model Three Performance tries <laughs> to get up next to me, and it's like, dude, you know you're yeah. going to win. I'm not like, taking that. I mean, really, I 
Why would why would why would I want to self inflict right. pain? <laughs> not a masochist. Right. Like, right. I'm not going to participate in this. Plus, like you know, okay, so you can win a drag race on the freeway. You know, I would still rather have the Ford GT. Yeah. Although in the Rivian's case, I'd rather have the Rivian. But like, in, it's 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 not really worth. That's the thing about electric vehicles. Like a cheat code in some in some cases. Well, you know what? Um, I I looked up uh, when I saw that you had the. Uh, the uh, the Land Rover, the Disco, or the, uh, the the Defender. I thought, I wonder how much those things are worth. <laughs> so they're pulling in a hundred grand. I mean, uh, you could buy a Rivian for about eighty grand, and uh, and have something. Yeah, and if the kids want to, you know, you know, you can roll the windows down, kids, and they'll roll back up too. Right. <laughs> Daddy'll like that. Yeah, <laughs> there has never been a greater disparity between what a car costs and what it is yeah, actually well. <laughs> worth than those Land Rover Defenders. <laughs> that is the single biggest gap between like goodness and cost yeah. in the entire car. Well, this is where, this is where, you know, what's a car worth? Well, it depends. How much, is guy, how much does a guy want it? You know, that's, uh, that, that's yeah. what it boils right down to. And the other thing is like for me, I bought mine for 60 grand and I think it's probably worth 80, low 80s now. I bet you it's worth more than that. I I was looking at some right and I did the exploded thing or blew them up so I could see them and I'm going, that's got a, I can see problems here because you you hang around with those things any length of time. Yikes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I just spent 13 grand this off season fixing mine and getting it how it needed to be and chasing down electrical faults and all this stuff. That's every, every. So what do you years. think of the, uh, uh, the cyber truck coming down, uh, down the pike? I mean, we'll see. I, I've, you know, Tesla's great advantage for years was that they were the first mover on a lot of these cars and the cyber truck, they're certainly not. And so it's a little bit disappointing how that rolled out. I think, you know, we have Rivian out, we have the Hummer EV out, the lightning is obviously already out. Um, Cybertruck, I still, it's how many years away is it still, you know? I, well, they're I claiming know. that it's going to be in September and I'm hoping so because that's car, that is the car that I, I like, uh, you know, you were talking about maybe, uh, in 15 years, you're going to, you know, retire and, uh, and fix cars or something like, let me give you a tip. <laughs> I thought about that about 40 years ago. It didn't quite work out for me. So hopefully, uh, you'll do better, but, but, uh, I've, I used to like to go hunting a lot. And to me, the, the, uh, uh, the cyber truck is absolutely the brilliant, the, the best opportunity for me to have exactly what I'd like if I went into the woods. And, uh, so I'm hoping uh, we, we bought those cars early, but I mean, uh, we bought five, I think, or something like that, or put a deposit on five. Hopefully, um, I can get one in and at least get one hunt out of uh, out of the thing. But for me, these cars are slightly different. So I think the Rivian is a great off-road vehicle. I think that um, I don't think there's anything that could get in its path. And I also think that it's a it's a daily drive. It is a daily drive for us. And so that combination doesn't happen very often. And if you ask my wife, she'll tell you flat. When I had the Rubicon, especially the one with a soft top, um, she hated it. She didn't like the noise. She wasn't, uh, wasn't interested in the ride. It was a bouncy ride and went on. The Rivian, you put that thing on comfort mode and jack her up or whatever. The thing is, just it's just a brilliant ride. And then the Cybertruck, I think, is, like I say, if you're a sportsman, 
this is going to be the this is going to be the truck for you. And the and the Lightning, uh, it doesn't have anything like the other guys. That Lightning is the best work truck on the planet ever. I don't know if you ever heard, but uh, they saved that Lightning saved our ass. Uh, we had uh, we had this great big uh, conference slash workshop for one of our international customers. People flew in from China and Britain, Germany, uh, China, everywhere, right? And they all come in and <laughs> there's no power in Auburn Hills. Somebody, some big storm or whatever knocked over whatever, uh, uh, knocked out a substation and we got no power. And we drove the lightning in, plugged it in and we're in business. Show me how I could, I mean, th right there, that thing paid for itself. I mean, it was off for three days. There's no power on, these guys are going to sit around and, and, uh, and twiddle. It. So that would not happen. And what are we going to do? Where are we going to take it? Well, I mean, we've got, their stuff was big. Uh, we're not going to take that and put it in their hotel room and say, oh, well, we'll do the analysis here. That, that's not going to happen. Now I'm telling you, the lightning beyond without a question of a doubt is the best workshop that's ever been designed ever. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's real. Impressive. So you mentioned the Hummer. So I, what, uh, <laughs> what was that to, to do that? What, uh, what do you think of the Hummer? <clears throat> Have you had one? Amazing. I think do it's you? so cool. Wow. <laughs> I think it's, I would never own one. I mean, it's absurd. Like it's, it's, it's for a certain type of person, which I am uh. not. But I think it's cool as hell. Like it's a convertible. It's fast. It looks ridiculous. It can do a lot of stuff. Like I, I think like objectively, it's a pretty cool truck. Um, if you feel like you can pull it off, <laughs> like like your if you feel like your persona can handle. It. I, I I'm not a Hummer EV guy, but I love them. I think they're such a ridiculously. Well, cool there you truck. go. Hey, this is your opportunity. You got the convertible, and you and you can ditch and you can ditch the uh, the, 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 the defender. I mean, oh God, I would give anything. I would give anything to switch out the defender for a Hummer EV. But then you got to be a Hummer EV driver. And I, you just look at those things on the road. You ever see those things on the road? I see them here and there, and I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Well, you can. What? Who was it that? Uh, who was it that they used to drive those things around? Um. Oh, the Arnold, yeah, Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, you're tall. That's half the battle right there. I can't do it. All right, Sandy, so, we've hit the hour mark, and you didn't ask the one question that I wrote down. Which was? So we get press vehicles, and some of the research I do is I watch Doug's videos because he always gets cars before we do. So the question was the last one there. One of your popular reviews elements are quirks and features. Yeah, so like how, extensive how extensive is your research before you film? Uh, yeah, I go ahead. You'd be surprised. It's not that it's not very extensive. I, I do research the background of the car and kind of the history and what all that stuff, the, you know, what, what about it, the, the engine and everything, uh, the trim levels, the pricing, all, all the stuff that you kind of need to, to research before you do it. But like the literal quirks and features, I only discover when I show up. And I've learned that the reason for that is that the, the owners of the cars or the cars themselves, the press car, whatever, it's they don't know that stuff is weird. Like people who would live with something and get used to something, 
just they don't think it's strange. It, but like when you when I'm looking at it from the lens of what is the audience going to find interesting, I know what to look for. And so I spend once I show up, I probably spend about two hours going through the car and figuring out, OK, this is worth mentioning this, this, this. But it, like you ask the, the the driver and they're like, no, nah, it's not there's nothing quirky about it. And then you get there and it has like silver painted seats. <laughs> and it's like that weird. And you're like, yeah, you know, I guess that is weird. I never really thought about it. And it's like, well, okay, I don't, tr you're not trustable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get out of here. So uh, I I, uh, I don't know if you ever watched our stuff, but anyway, when, when they bring me up to a truck or a car or whatever, it is the first time I've ever seen it. I don't do any research. And as a, as a matter of fact, a couple of times they brought me up and said, hey, we got something you want to have a look at. And I remember on screen uh, walking up to the Mustang and going, Oh, four doors. That's not a Mustang. And, you know, walking around and these guys are taping me while I'm doing all this stuff. And then, uh, you know, then I got in it and I actually, like, I like the car a lot. I, and I, I started driving it and then you see, you know, Sandy's, bleh, he hates the car and he's throwing mud at it. And, and then right. I drove right. it around right. and whatnot. And I said, Hey, uh, can we buy this one? Cause we get cars to drive for free, but we don't, uh, that's about it. After that, I, uh, right. yeah. So anyway, um, I think we've answered all the questions. Now, did we answer it, uh, complete enough, Eric, or <laughs> yes, you, you got my question in. So I'm okay, good. great. Okay. Now, now, <laughs> now we can both be happy. Oh, <laughs> break out the booze. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Doing. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Well, this so was much. great. I, I, uh, I've seen you uh, on on the videos and whatnot, but uh, you're a lot more you're a lot more fun uh, being involved instead of just watching. You. <laughs> this was great. I, I really, <laughs> well, I really you. enjoyed this. So I'd like to thank you sincerely, thank and you. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know what else to say except uh, thanks. It was it was great. Thank you, Doug. I really appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. All right. Okay, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.